We welcome you to the Eagles Live podcast. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro with you as the Eagles get ready for prime time on Monday Night Football as the Washington Redskins come to town. A big one in the NFC East and the division picture taking a turn on Thursday as Dallas in a defensive-oriented game upsets the New Orleans Saints. So the Cowboys in the driver's seat in the NFC East. The Eagles must win this game on Monday night. Another must-win game for the Eagles, who in these final five weeks really have very little margin for error. Too many missed opportunities early in the season, but that is the past. The Eagles focusing on the present in a very tough 6-5 and five Redskins team coming to Lincoln Financial Field. Washington playing with quarterback Colt McCoy in for Alex Smith. Of course, Smith suffering that gruesome leg injury. He is out for the rest of the season. So McCoy comes in. He started against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving and threw three interceptions. The Eagles looking for takeaways on defense. We saw how much of a difference it made against the Giants on Sunday. Malcolm Jenkins' interception late in the first half really helped turn that game around in the favor of the Eagles' defense. Up ahead here in this Eagles Live podcast, we've got a lot to get to, including some coaches who have been challenged by some injuries. We'll talk to defensive backs coach Corey Unlin, linebackers coach Ken Flagel, and running backs coach Deuce Staley, who has something kind of special in the backfield with rookie Josh Adams, who also sits down for a little one-on-one time. We will look in depth at the Redskins and the game plan the Eagles will put together to win on Monday night. But first, let's begin with the head coach, as we usually do, an exclusive every week, a one-on-one with head coach Doug Peterson as the Eagles trying to get back to the 500 mark with a win on Monday night. Doug, the Washington Redskins really have taken a lot of lumps, a lot of injuries, but they still are a dangerous team, aren't they? They're very dangerous. I feel like the emergence of their running back, Adrian Peterson, has really helped that football team offensively. It's unfortunate with Alex, having worked with Alex in my past, it's unfortunate the injury there, but I think Colt obviously knows the system. They really don't lose a beat at all, and it's a dangerous team. Defensively, we know what they are. Uh, they got, you know, Kerrigan is a tremendous defensive player, obviously, with the way he can rush the passer. And, you know, we've always had great games against them, and so it's going to be another one of those NFC. East battle, 60-minute football game, you know, primetime Monday night here at the link, and we're looking forward to that. Why is Kerrigan so great? He has been an eagle killer in his career. He comes to play every week. I think he really does. He enjoys the spotlight, obviously. He's a tremendous player. He's detailed in his work, passionate about what he does, and has an energy level that doesn't quit. And so all of that combined makes him a tough defender. Last week at this time, you were answering a lot of questions about Carson and this and that, and, you know, people kind of reacted to what happened in New Orleans. Now he comes back after a game during which he leads the final drive for the game-winning point. What does that do for a quarterback in the third year of his career? Well, it just gives him and boosts confidence, obviously. And I think going into the next situation like that, just understanding, you know, leaning on past experiences is always uh, beneficial. And, you know, he's a tremendous quarterback. He does some great things out there. And it's really good to see, keep the composure, keep the guys engaged and take about a five and a half minute drive to go the length of the field, kick the game winner and leave our opponent with not much time left on the clock is exactly what you want. And it was really good to see from Carson. Was that when a little monkey off the back kind of thing from the team? Have you felt that at all? I think from the standpoint of it was kind of a must situation for us. You know, you kind of go into it thinking, okay, the remainder of our season could be playoff type games and our guys really rose to the occasion it was an nfc east opponent obviously we're still in the hunt for the nfc so everything matters every little thing we do matters each and every week the way we practice the way we uh, as coaches put game plans together can really affect you know the outcome of these games thanks coach thanks dave 
One of the great matchups in this game comes with Lane Johnson, the Eagles' right tackle, going against Ryan Kerrigan, a relentless pass rusher for Washington, who in 14 career games against the Eagles has 10 and a half quarterback sacks. He is a disruptive player, a three-time pro bowler, and Johnson knows that he's playing a familiar opponent and he's got to be at the very top of his game. You've gone around and around with him for so many years. Do you see any signs of him slowing down at all? Yeah, I think his get-off may be better than what it was last year. I think, to be honest, I mean, I know he's dealing with some ankle issues, but I mean, he's looking as close as, as ever. He's a guy that, as you know, has a high motor. He doesn't stop, so every game, you can't let off on this guy. That's what kind of guy he is. He's a quiet leader over there. He's been getting the job done for years and always a good battle for me. When you watch somebody for so long and so much, do you actually learn anything different from one year to the next? I mean, what else can he show you? I mean, we've really seen everything from me. I've seen everything in him. It's really, we know what it is, but I enjoy playing against the guy. He's a classy guy. Great player. I love playing against great players. So. Yeah, you really seem to get up for these kind of challenges, don't you? Yeah. Not that you don't get up for any other ones, I'm saying, but for these particular elite guys, yeah. it really yeah. is a great test. Yeah, I think you know, anytime you go against guys like that at caliber, it only brings out the best in you or it has to if you want to perform well. So that's really it, man. Lane, how good are the pieces around him now? They really seem to have, with first-round picks, really supplemented what they do up front. We got Deron Payne, got Allen there. So far as you know, building the wall, they're good, and their linebackers are really fast. Very stout against the run. Kerrigan's out there on the edge. Him and Preston Smith, uh, Junior Gallette. Got a good secondary, Swearinger and Josh Norman. Those guys, I feel like your defense really sound all the way around. Do you feel like it's going to come down to the offensive line? It always does. I mean, to be honest, this is to be a tough team to run the ball on. So one thing we want to do is try to create that balance and, and get that going. So it'll be our biggest test. A big plus for the Eagles offense of late has been the play of rookie running back Josh Adams, not drafted after a stellar career at Notre Dame. A foot injury discovered at the NFL's scouting combine, knocking Adams off of teams' draft boards. The Eagles quickly moved in to sign Adams. Born and raised in Philadelphia and in the suburban area, he has been a revelation for the Eagles with a bunch of injuries in the offensive backfield. Jay Ajayi out for the season. Darren Sproles not playing since week one. The Eagles have found something reliable and productive in Adams, so let's craft this segment around him. First, we talk to running backs coach Deuce Staley, who's been in this position for many years, a former running back for the Eagles who's fifth on the team's all-time list with career rushing yards. He's been a coach here, and he's worked with some great ones. He sees a lot of ability in the rookie, Josh Adams. Deuce, I wonder how much pride you take in being a teacher and seeing some of these guys who've not been drafted, Corey and Josh, have the success they've had as rookies. I take a lot of pride. When you get guys that have not you know, been drafted, they pretty much come into the building, they're hungry, they want to make the team, they want to prove the whole world wrong, other teams, they want to prove them wrong. You see that in their eyes. You see that hunger, you see that determination in their eyes. So one of the things you know they have that, now it's your job as a coach just to continue to bring it out of them on every level. And both of those guys, when you look at Corey and you look at Josh, both of those guys had that hunger, had that determination. And I was just able just to say, hey man, we're going to take it to another level and show everybody that you can play. When you do that, do you recall the lessons that Ted Williams taught you and some veteran players may have oh, also yeah, taught you? Yeah, I learned a lot from Ted. I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for him and just learn the way he coached, some of the things he taught me as a player, some of the things he taught me as a man still resonates today inside of me. And I'm very thankful for that. Just being able to 
get these young guys fresh out of college. They, you know, they spend a lot of time in the building. So when they're young like that, they look up to you as far as a father figure, some of them brother. They're in the building from 8 to 6, 8 to 7. Then they're going home. So a lot of your time is spent with them. You have to do mostly football, but 5% of it, you got to talk to them about life also. So that's some of the things we do in our room. When you were young and Westbrook was a rookie, and it's hard to get on the field as a rookie for traditionally, right? Josh, I guess circumstances are playing a big part of it, but how's he handling all that? I think he's handling it well. He's one of those guys that don't say a lot. He goes out there and he shows what he's about from his play, which I admire that. Then every now and then you catch him getting excited. I think he's handling the whole situation good. It's not too big for him because you go back, he played at Notre Dame. He's very successful at Notre Dame. You got to remember, this guy was a Heisman candidate at some point in time in his college career. So it's not like we got some guy that couldn't play and all of a sudden he's showing something different. What's the next step for Josh? Just continue to get better. And I tell people all the time, the next step is the next step, literally. Like, don't think you got to take off and start running. Don't take it and think you got to skip over steps. Nah, the next step is the next step. Just continue to get better at what you do, who you are as a player, and continue to take care of your body. Thanks, Tooth. Yep. As for Adams, well, he's just taking it one day at a time, trying to stay humble, which is not hard for him to do. Certainly staying true to the task, and that is to get better every day. Imagine going undrafted, being cut, making the practice squad, being promoted to the active roster, and now as a rookie late in the season, being the go-to back in the Eagles offense, Josh Adams, one-on-one. Hey, Josh, rookie running back, leading the team in rushing, the go-to guy in the offense here. Must be a pretty satisfying rookie season for you. How's it going? Pretty good. It's a blessing to be here. I'm just trying to have fun with it each and every day, not take any moment for granted. I'm just trying to enjoy the blessing. So you are really, obviously, this is a job for you. When you come into the NFL, when do you realize that it is a job? Is it day one? It's day one because you have so much building up inside of you. And uh, when you first get in, you don't know what to expect. So pretty much 24-7 from that moment, you'll learn that, you know, it's a job and it's a little bit different in college. Was there a welcome to the NFL moment when you walked into the building? Do you recall? Not that I can recall. I know when I got on the field, everything was moving a little bit fast and it felt like I was moving in slow motion a little bit. So I would say that would be my welcome moment. Pretty crazy journey for you. Great career at Notre Dame in the Heisman conversation, a point in your career, and then you don't get drafted. And I spoke to your mother and father last week. We did a story on the website about it. And your mother told me the story about the party at Buffalo Wild Wings and how crushing it was to not get drafted. What was that day like for you, Josh? It was a, a long day. Obviously, that's not something that I would imagine, but it happened. The good thing about that was I was surrounded by my family and my friends and people who cared about me. You know, as I was going through it, you know, they were going through it as well. I just felt that support, that love. So, you know, I was able to overcome that. It just gave me even more motivation to, uh, you know, continue my journey and continue to fight. The Eagles won the Super Bowl last year. Jay's coming back, Darren Sproles, Corey, Wendell. Why the Eagles? It's actually not something I saw coming. But they were one of the teams that I spoke to at the Combine, talked to Deuce, obviously, and it just seemed like the right fit. Obviously, I had to pray on it and make sure that it was the, you know, the right decision, but you know, this is my home. What better place to start your career off than you know, at home playing for your hometown team? I'm just grateful that they were one of the teams that were interested. I sense that your feeling is that you are still fighting, that you have not arrived. Right. I don't know if that's just, you know, the way I am, but, you know, I feel like there's never that I've finally arrived moment. I I can stop working. I feel like I'm always going to continue to work. I always have to 
push myself and compete with you know people around me no matter you know what happens or how many records you may break you have to continue to do better and be better because there's always somebody behind you trying to get to where you're at so you always gotta stay on your toes i know it's cool to play at home but like isn't there a ton of pressure from friends who want tickets or people who want autographs or access like how do you block all that stuff out I'm just blessed with a good circle of people who really care about me, who uh, want to see me succeed. You know, there's really not a lot of that, you know, from my close friends maybe, but even then they understand that, you know, there's a lot going on around me. I think they're just happy to, you know, see me on TV and see me play. I would love to get everybody out to a game, you know, and I try to get, you know, my family out to the game as much as possible, but you just can't get everybody there. And I think that, you know, those people around me who support me, they get that and they're continuing to support me and root for me. So that's what I love, being home and being surrounded by those type of people. And now it's Monday Night Football. Did you watch Monday Night Football when you were a kid? Yeah. Your favorite running back when you were a kid? Eric Dickerson. Eric, okay. Yeah. Well, you kind of look like Eric Dickerson out there. Uh, big, a little bit. Big guy, strong guy, fast guy, bouncing to the outside. Is that just a natural thing with you? Instinctually, you bounce out to the outside? Yeah, I think with every running back, they have a little of that in them. Obviously, uh, you have to put a little bit of the work in in the offseason, but uh, I just think as a running back, you just run to what you feel and you try to get as many yards as you can and get downhill fast so just try to be comfortable and do what feels comfortable to me keep doing it you're doing a great job keep up the great work Thanks. now how about the washington defense the eagles will play on monday night an outstanding front seven led by kerrigan who johnson obviously talked about fast linebackers as johnson mentioned a secondary that well has given up some plays this year not particularly fleet afoot so maybe that's where the Eagles attack on Monday night. Let's hear from offensive coordinator Mike Groh as he breaks down the Washington defense. Their front seven is outstanding. As good a front three or four, you know, D-line that they have is excellent. They're strong at the point of attack. They got excellent lateral quickness. They can get on the edge and push the pocket in the middle. Both those guys on the perimeter, Kerrigan and Smith, you know, they can collapse the pocket outside. And then they, you know, they have an elaborate blitz package. You know, they've been in this defense for a number of years now. These guys play well together. They've got really good players at all levels. They really do. I think Mason is second lead tackle in the NFL. And you mentioned Swearinger, who's, you know, running all over the field and is a very disruptive player down in the box. And is making plays on the ball. Of course, HaHa Clinton Dix, I've known him for a long time, going back to Alabama. So he's a solid addition to their secondary. You know, they got very good corners. So, you know, they're a formidable defense, and, you know, we're excited about the challenge. We know who they are as division opponent. Our guys will be ready. This is Carson Wentz of the Philadelphia Eagles. No, that's a fake pass to Jeffrey into the touchdown. And you're listening to the Eagles Live podcast with Dave Spadaro. How about on the other side of the ball, Jim Schwartz, Eagles defensive coordinator, who put together a terrific game plan last week as the Eagles held off the Giants, playing with a defensive secondary that was in tatters. Schwartz hopeful to get some of those pieces back. We really won't know until Monday night whether Sidney Jones or some other players in that secondary, particularly Rasul Douglas, both of whom would really help the cornerback position. We'll see if they are able to go on Monday night. Eagles could use all the help they can get. Schwartz likes what he's seen from Washington's offense, which has sustained some big hits along the offensive line, losing their starting offensive guards, losing starting wide receiver Paul Richardson, as well as Alex Smith. But the Redskins keep coming with an experienced quarterback in Colt McCoy. Here's coordinator Jim Schwartz with an overview of Washington's offense. 
And he's still strong as can be. He's got great vision. You know, he's one of those guys that even if you get a first hat on him, he still has enough to churn positive yards, become a really important part of Washington's offense. And he's just one of those guys that just sort of zone block it. He can get one edge and power through guys. You know, some guys get older, they lose a little speed. I don't know if he has, but he hasn't lost any of the power that he's had in the past. And he certainly hasn't lost his vision. Those are the things that carry him. Yeah, same stuff. He's a veteran player. He's got good mobility. He knows their offense. They're not going to change anything they have. And he also has a little bit of ability to run some zone read stuff and and stuff like that. They haven't shied away from running any of that. What about that Eagles secondary? Ridiculous amount of injuries forcing Coach Corey Unlin into some emergency preparation using a lot of young players, players who just a few weeks ago weren't on NFL teams. Somehow the Eagles survived last week against the New York Giants. They will have to use some of those pieces again on Monday night. Corey Unlin, Eagles defensive backs coach, talks about the challenge of getting everybody ready to play on game night in this instance. Corey, I wondered how in your career of coaching how challenging the situation was last week. I don't know if it's a challenge or not. Anytime you play a game you go out there with the guys that you got whether they're starters or if there's one backup or two backups so nobody cares about how many injuries you got fans don't we don't as a staff the rest of the team doesn't care it's unique in the fact that you have a lot of guys that haven't played that much at the end of the day when the ball is kicked off whoever's out there is out there and their expectations to execute the defense are exactly the same as the starters the guys been out there the whole time you're a teacher though you're in front of a classroom of kids who don't have any idea what you've been teaching the entire school year so you have to change the way you teach right well i would say this fortunately because sully shannon was has been here boz was with us a long time so the growth and the communication with them very little they know the defense i mean sully's been in every meeting all year and boss has been enough i mean he could play the nickel for us if he need to he's been all that he's done all that as far as the question goes, Cravon LeBlanc, who obviously came in. Now, Cravon's played in the league. He's played for three different teams. He's played nickel. So the biggest challenge was probably just getting him up to speed on our terminology, our alignment. Might be playing the same coverage he played, but the alignment and the leverage and the tools within the coverage are different. So kid's done an unbelievable job. I mean, we just watched the game in there in my meeting right now, and a couple things happened to him that have never happened since he's been here. So, you know, I say this all the time, there's no substitute for experience. So the more he's out there, whether it's playing nickel or whether it's playing corner in our system, he's just going to continue to get better. What does a game like that do for these young players trying to establish themselves in terms of confidence and their belief in themselves? Yeah, I think it absolutely helps. Now, the first half of that football game was obviously not anywhere what we wanted it to look like, but good thing that you play 60 minutes. So couldn't be more proud of not just the young guys, but I mean, Malcolm's role in that game. He played three different positions, didn't blink, which is exactly what we'd expect from him. Trey Sullivan and then Corey Graham had to play a couple different spots with the move at the end of the game when Sully went down. But obviously the more experience, and then when you can come out of a game like that, especially after the start of it, I think that helps everybody's confidence. Now listen, that confidence doesn't do really anything to you now because now you're on to the next one. We play on Monday night, and this is obviously going to be a huge challenge. And we got to go attack this one just like we did the last one. What does Washington do in their pass game? What do they do well? Um, they do a lot of things well. And I got to ask the question about the quarterback. It doesn't matter. I mean, they're running the exact same offense. Try to get rid of it quick. A lot of three-step. Present a lot of shifts, a lot of motions. They got motion pre snap they got motion post snap they're doing a really good job with that so it's going to be a tough challenge incredible Corey how the picture has changed at cornerback you kind of come out of training camp feeling wow we got some young guys on the rise and all of a sudden players who weren't here fun stuff huh fun stuff 
play the hand you get dealt, I guess is what they say. So the best thing for me is just fortunate that, again, whoever's out there, I mean, all those guys that have been in this situation that are here in this situation, guys haven't blinked. Now listen, they haven't played perfect at all. We got a lot to clean up here this week to get ready for this game. And no, I would say this very strongly. I feel really good about all of them stepping up to the challenge and trying to keep moving forward here so we can keep in this race. Thanks, Court. You got it. Another area the Eagles have been hit hard at the linebacker position. Jordan Hicks not going to play in this game for a second consecutive week. That means Nigel Bradham plays in the middle. Camus Grugier-Hill, Nate Gary will play quite a bit for the Eagles, who just can't seem to stay healthy on defense. Linebackers coach Ken Flagel proud of what his team did, reaching deep into the reserve pool. Hey, you've been tested with the depth and, you know, rearranging guys. How do you think your players have responded? You know, one thing we've done, Dave, in OTAs and training camp is, you know, we cross-train our guys quite a bit at linebacker. You know, Nigel Bradham wasn't just always a strong outside backer. We put him at times as the Mike, and we put Jordan Hicks sometimes as the Will, and Kamu and Nate Gary have flipped and gone back to other positions, you know, back and forth. So I think our planning and our execution at the beginning of the year in the training camp was really geared toward what's happening now. You know, we lose a guy here for a few weeks or a guy gets hurt during the game and can't finish the game. Now you're looking for guys to go back and say that they've got some prior experience at that position and they can latch onto it, gravitate to it, and hopefully it can carry him through and be successful during the game. What can play? He seemed like he was around the ball a lot on Sunday. He's doing a good job. He continues to grow every week. He's made good progress since he's began to play a little bit more and I would continue to expect him to just continue to accelerate and get better in our scheme. Where is Nate in his development? Nate's doing the same thing. Now Nate's got stuck behind Jordan and so he hasn't gotten the same opportunity to play as much but again he does a nice job. He's a very bright guy. I would again consider him to be one of those guys a lot like Kamu. I expect him to continue to get better week in and week out as they continue to play and get more game reps. You've got Kamu walking around with a broken thumb. You've got Bradham walking around with a broken thumb. So how far down do you go in terms of like okay if Kamu gets hurt further then he's out I gotta put it. if Nigel could you don't really have a whole lot of people left. Are you working non linebackers into that emergency role? Well we're just with the guys that we have in our room we're just making sure that you know if one guy goes down that we've got a viable replacement in the ready form. The numbers are what the numbers are. You know, I can't change the numbers in our room right now, but I think we'll go into this game and we'll have some viable backups. You know, if somebody gets hurt, we'll have a guy that'll be ready to go in all our personnel groups. So we're always looking past the problem, so to speak, so that if we do lose a guy, I always say an equipment issue. It's never an injury deal. Our guys don't get hurt. We just have equipment issues. They've got to come out because they have a broken face mask or broken chin strap. We'll have somebody that'll be ready to go. Ken, what's it been like in the coaches' meetings when you look around and you've got injuries at safety and injuries at cornerback and injuries at linebacker, injuries on the defensive line? Do you ever look around and say, what the heck's going on here, guys? Well, you have years, you know, like that where it just seems like maybe the injury bug gets you a little bit more. But as you know, Dave, this is a league that it's the next man up. I think people last year probably could have said the same thing. You know, we lose a Jason Peters, you know, we lose Jordan Hicks at some point in time during the year, you know, we lose Darren Sproles. The list goes on and on. The guys that are the backups have to be prepared to play as starters because that's the life in the National Football League. And so, you know, we're seeing it this year. There's some guys that we're going to count on that are backup players right now, but we expect them to be able to perform just like our starters would. How does Washington look offensively? You know, they're a talented group. It seems like everybody in the NFC East 
they all have their certain guys that you have to pay attention to. You know, the running back has, I think, hit the fountain of youth. Their two tight ends are as athletic, I think, as we see in our league and also in our division. They've got a good stable of wideouts, and I think the quarterback, even though they lost Alex Smith, I really like Colt McCoy. I think he's just a really smart, tough, competitive guy that knows how to win. He proved that in college, so we'll have our hands full again. Just from a scouting, what do you tell your players' standpoint? You've got Saquon Barkley one week, you've got Adrian Peterson another week, and for fans who say, hey, they're just two great running backs. Break down as you're teaching linebackers and you've got two different styles of back. Are they different styles of back? A little bit. I think they pose different problems for you. They have the ability to break long runs on you. Some guys are good about having great vision and finding cutback lanes where maybe you vacate a gap. Some guys are just powerful, strong guys. They'll run through arm tackles, so if you don't get your pads on them, they're going to get leaky yardage. So you try to identify those things off of tape. You try to make guys aware of it, certainly through the course of the week. You try to drill work that accentuates the things that you have to do to beat these guys or to get them on the ground. And those will be things, you know, well, there's certain things that Adrian Peterson does exceptionally well, and we'll have to be alert for those things, and we'll have to prepare for it. What does he do exceptionally well? Well, I think the one thing that he does is he's a north-south runner. If you give him a little crease inside, he finds a hole in your gap, and he'll get through it. And he's still got really good speed. You know, people would think at his age that maybe he slowed down a little bit. If he has, I want to get what he's got right now because he is still running hard. He still make you pay. He can bounce the ball outside and outrun the perimeter of your defense. So we're going to have to be disciplined again in our gap assignments. Thanks, Ken. Thank you. All right, so where does this game really matter? Time now for Fran Duffy of the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast to take a look at a key matchup as the Washington Redskins come to town to play the Eagles. The first matchup of these teams this season, they will play again on the final weekend of the year. David, there's one matchup to watch in this game. It's going to be the Eagles offensive line against this Washington front three on the defensive line. You've got two former first-round picks in the last two years with Deron Payne, the nose tackle, number 95, and Jonathan Allen, number 93, the right defensive end. Those guys line up up and down the line of scrimmage, and they are loads both in the run game and in the passing game. Deron Payne, to me, has the ability to be an elite player in this league inside. He's got the ability to win with quickness, power. He's really strong. He's really good with his hands, and he plays with a high motor. He's made play from sideline to sideline throughout the course of the season. He is a guy that's going to get matched up most often with Jason Kelsey and both of those guards, Isaac Samalo and Brandon Brooks. That's going to be the big matchup that I'm going to be watching in this game. You throw in Jonathan Allen as well, and he is a guy that, like Payne, they both came from Alabama, so they're schooled in all the same ways. They use their hands very well. They're both very stout, very athletic. They can make those plays beyond the line of scrimmage. And then next to them, you've got Matt Ioannidis, a local kid from Temple, a fifth-round pick a couple of years ago. And Ioannidis, third in the league right now for defense of tackles with sacks. He's got seven and a half tackles of the quarterback behind the line of scrimmage. He wins with quickness, and he's really good with all their different stunts and twists and blitzes up front. So when you factor in all those three guys, and we haven't even mentioned Ryan Kerrigan off the edge, Preston Smith off the edge, this is a really good defensive front. There's a reason why they're in the top ten in the league in sacks. They're top ten in the league against the run. This is a good group overall. That's the biggest matchup in this game. The Eagles offense cannot allow that front to wreck this football game. The offensive line, a lot's going to be put on their shoulders here on Monday night. The Eagles and the Redskins began this series in 1934 when the Redskins played in Boston. Overall, Washington leads the series 86 wins, 76 wins for the Eagles, and six ties. At Lincoln Financial Field, the Eagles are 8-7 and seven against the Redskins. Somebody who's very familiar with this rivalry, former Eagle running back Brian Westbrook, a member of the team's Hall of Fame, who talks about the Eagles and the Redskins and what it meant and what he sees 
on Monday night. Well, Brian, you've kind of been calling for it. Get the run game going and good things will happen to the Eagles offense. Do you see this as something with Josh Adams, with Corey Clement, that the Eagles can sustain looking ahead? I think they should. I mean, when you have a quarterback like Carson Wentz, defenses respect that. They respect his ability to throw the ball down the field, respect Zach Ertz and what he can do. Now you're running against light boxes, six-man boxes, and Josh Adams is one of these guys that can certainly be effective. He's physical. He's aggressive. He has pretty good vision. He has speed to get to the outside. I think he's a guy that can be very helpful for this offense. And then you bring in Corey Clement, who's a great change of pace guy, getting back to that, that role that he played last year. How much pressure is on Josh Adams, a rookie, not drafted, and all of a sudden he's getting 22 carries in a must-win game? I think it's a lot of pressure on him. A young guy, and I remember being a rookie, and I don't know that I was set up at that time to handle the type of pressure that Josh is under. I mean, this team is in must-win mode at this point, and they're counting on a rookie to get it done. I'm just glad that he has Deuce Staley as his running back coach, and I think Deuce continues to prepare him every single week. It's important that Deuce waited to the latter stages of the season to play him. I think those first seven or eight weeks, Deuce was preparing him, getting him ready, and now he was ready to roll him out there, give him 22 carries last week. How instrumental was Deuce in your career? He was, big time. One of the things that Deuce told me, and it was about pass protection, and it was early on in my career, probably the first minicamp, if you don't protect number five, you won't play. I don't care how good you can run the football. And that was something that I took pride in, something that I specialized in, because Deuce taught me. He taught me how to be a professional. He taught me how to go out there and block and how to play the game the right way. And that's something that I've appreciated my entire career. But I know that's also something that he passes on to these young guys as well. Is pass protection the kind of the most difficult part of making the transition from college to the NFL? Well, in college, when you're a good player, you want the ball in your hands. So you're not pass protecting. You're out on routes or running the football. But in the NFL, they want to spread the ball around, get the ball to different people. Here in Philadelphia, we had a franchise quarterback, Donovan McNabb. Now we have a franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. The name of the game is put the ball in his hands and protect that guy. And that's a big part of the Josh Adams role. All right, Eagles, Redskins on Monday night. How's it going to play out? I think the Eagles have to come out aggressive. They have to let the momentum from last week go out there and continue to roll downhill. Effective defense, good disciplined defense on Adrian Peterson and Colt McCoy. Let's be aggressive up front. Our front four has to rule the day. On offense, we have to be able to win in the trenches. That means our offensive line needs to control pain. They need to control Allen up front because those are two D tackles that can take over a football game. But we have to be aggressive. Let's take some shots down the field, but let's also run the Football. Amazing, Brian. A win against Washington. If the Dallas Cowboys lose at home to New Orleans, which we are all rooting for the Saints, mm-hmm. Eagles will be tied for first place going to Dallas the following week. It's a crazy season, and that's why you play all 16. You don't win the year and win the division at the halfway point, and a lot of things can change. Injuries happen. A lot of crazy things go on in the NFC East in particular. That's why we haven't had a repeat winner in such a long time. I just think the Eagles have to stay the course, and it's about getting better every single week. Last week, they took a big step at getting better, beating the Giants. Now they have to take the next step. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. How will the game play out? Well, the voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese, in his 42nd season, behind the microphone in the radio booth, says it could come down to something very, very simple, the turnover differential. Intercepted by Allen. Eric Allen down the far sideline, stepped over a man. He's going to go! give it to Smith and they stop him again! The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. 
In the course of a football season, we look at a lot of statistics and try to figure out what makes the most difference in a game. I think one of the most overlooked statistics is turnover differential. You look at the teams that win. You look at the teams that go to the playoffs. They're very positive in turnover differential. Now, last week against the New York Giants, the Eagles finally got a turnover. After 213 passes, the Eagles intercepted a ball. I mean, I was struck by it. Interception! I couldn't imagine I was finally seeing an Eagles interception, but it was big, and I think that was the turning point of this game. Coming up against the Washington Redskins in a huge game, the Eagles have to battle to recover and cause fumbles. They have to battle for interceptions. Right now, the Eagles are minus eight in turnover differential. The Washington Redskins are plus nine. The Eagles have to find a way to reverse that. That is the Merrill Minutes, and that is our Eagles Live podcast. We thank you so much. For joining us, we'll be back on Monday night in the wee hours after the Eagles-Redskins game for the Eagles Live podcast, Instant Reaction. Thanks to Brian Thomas and Tyler Ripley for putting it all together. Thanks to you for being here with your great support. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles weekend and fly, Eagles, fly. Eagles!